Welcome to your number one source for technological innovations, ideas, and strategies for your business. Multiply your business's equations and put the odds in your favor. Now, live from Club ITHQ with your hosts, Ben and Sam, this is Tech Factor. Righto. Uh, welcome, everyone. I'm Ben. And I'm Sam. And this is The, the Tech, Tech Factor. Factor. Uh, it's been a while, so happy New Year, everyone. Happy 2021. I hope you've survived the COVID pandemic reasonably well. And welcome to 2021, where nothing has changed. So uh, it's um, You're not wrong there. more of the same. And uh, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I, um, I don't know. I, just, I still don't think we'll be going overseas anytime this year. It's <laughs> probably not a bad idea. I mean, let's let's try and keep it as local as we can and try and... Yeah, well, that's right. Keep the economy going local. So, um, this is episode nineteen of the Tech Factor, and uh, this is a podcast about driving business productivity and innovation utilizing technology. So, today's episode, we're going to be focusing on essentially what are the uh, business IT trends to look out for in twenty twenty one. So, uh, I'll get you to start off on it, Sam. What have what have we got yeah, as a, sure. one of the so, key things? I'm sure everyone almost feels this already, but it'll be the continued expansion of remote working and video conferencing. So, I think we've all just touched on here that you know COVID nineteen is not going away anytime soon, and the massive amount of infrastructure that IT teams all around the world built early next last year won't be going to waste either. I think uh, last year was probably one of the biggest pushes we needed for getting people to start working from home. And I think this year we'll be just taking that extra step from moving away from the office into the home office. Yeah, and, and it'll, it'll be a maturity of some of those solutions because some of those were put together pretty rapidly. So there'll, there'll be sort of that next evolution uh, of some of those work from home solutions. And and I, I think any uh, like, proprietary software that maybe wasn't designed for that will continue to evolve and, and be more designed for that. Obviously, any particular applications that maybe weren't very um, cloud-friendly, certainly, obviously, it's been a big motivation to get applications cloud-friendly. So you'll see more and more, I guess, development, and we'll talk a bit more about that later, but um, that's certainly one of those those big things. And, you know, the whole work-life balancing, obviously, is very important. Um, and we're all just trying to live with COVID and, and try to figure out the best way to do this. But I... I think one of the things that they've been saying with the work from home is that, I mean, it's a big issue, obviously, in the capital cities, uh, probably not as much in the regional areas, but certainly in the capital cities where you, you're going to see basically quieter CBDs and, and you know, the office spaces of, uh, of, of yesteryear will, will effectively drastically change. So you, you'll have less of these, these big office spaces where you've got, you know, 30, 40, even, you know, a really big office space, like 100 desks and computers all on one floor like that's there's going to be far less and less of that so i i feel like probably the um the shared office model in the cbds itself is going to become really, really popular I, I think that the people will just go well we don't need to have a dedicated office and those times now where we we used to be in the office you know five days a week we only need to be office two days a week well let's go to a shared office space so that that'll lead to things like uh, obviously the continued use of, of laptops and you know, docking stations and tablets and things like that, as opposed to you know physical, you know, set computer at your desk and and all that, and it also leads to um, more um, cloud based um, voice solutions as well. So yeah, I, I think that uh, the idea of that rent an office or you know um, 
sort of conferencing spaces that can be rented at a whim, I think will become more and more and more common in our larger It'll be more accepted as well because I feel like maybe some of the larger organisations might have previously, like, you know, seen a little bit scared, like a little bit, I wouldn't say scared, but a little bit sort of um, tepid about that idea because uh, that you don't want to come across as, oh, we're a small fry or whatever, but I feel like it'll be pretty universally accepted, the concept of having, uh, you know, shared office space uh, because it's just going to be something which, you know, I, it's just there's no need for it. There won't, there won't be as much need for it and I think it'll be far more universally accepted and so it's just going to be one of those things as as we move forward. So, uh, And then moving on to uh, our next point. So that leads um, exceptionally well onto uh, cybersecurity. So naturally uh, with uh, all of this and working from home more uh, effectively, we end up with working on your home you know, home network where maybe your, your kids are downloading God knows what uh, from whatever or, you know, downloading some weird mod on Fortnite that puts all kinds of weird and wonderful malware on your computer or on their computer or on your computer and uh, obviously causes issues on the network and potentially causes issues with work. So we, we will – there is a continued risk of um, increased uh, data breaches and cyber attacks on businesses as the attack surface continues to increase as we're working from more devices, working from more locations. From an IT point of view, it's much easier to lock down a business when the business is operating from one location. When they're working from multiple locations, uh, from multiple sites, multiple devices that the business or the um, IT company or the admin staff aren't familiar with, it creates a whole bunch of other cybersecurity problems that are very, very hard to manage. And so it's going to continue to be a a really big focus for business, making sure that you've got your um, cybersecurity practices nailed down. We've got plenty of uh, podcasts about that. So go check those out if you don't know where to start. Uh, and uh, and also making sure you've got cybersecurity insurance and all that's up to date as well because that'll be one of those other things that, uh, again, like, you know, a major major data breach can kill a business. It can, I mean, it's if anything, uh, not just from the um, physical amount of the cost to, you know, data recovery and trying to get your business back up and running, but it's the reputational damage. Once, uh, you know, if I'm a, you know, just, just from a customer's point of view, if I know that, I go to this particular doctor's practice, and and all my information gets compromised at some point. I'm going to be very, very reluctant to uh, to continue to use that that business because I I don't want my medical information to be compromised. So it's something that I think is you know very concerning. It's not just a big business problem; it is a it's a problem that affects all businesses, and it's um you know it's something everyone has to take really seriously. Yeah, and and uh, in touching on that, Ben, I think it's sort of it, it goes into uh, as business managers might also need to look at who they use as third parties because you'll find a lot of the real big data breaches around the world with some of our real big companies are actually smaller data breaches with some of their third parties. So it's just something else to be aware of in that situation. That's right. So being aware of, of what technologies you are using and, and look, it shouldn't be hard to request that from your um, service provider if you've got a, uh, an IT service provider to request that from them. But being aware of, of what your exposure is to third parties is is very important and very relevant. So understanding that, uh, you know, and look, that'll be that's some of the questions that if you do a um, if you get cybersecurity insurance, there's some of the questions they'll ask uh, when you uh, basically fill out your form for your cybersecurity. They'll say, look, you know, who are the main vendors and and what are the systems that you've got in place? 
So it is something that's um, it's going to continue to be really important. It's not going to go away and go away anyway soon. It became massive last year. It's only getting bigger and bigger, and uh, it's something like critically important for business. So let's move on to the next section. What have you got for us, Sam? Yeah, with this one, I think it doesn't matter whether you're skeptical or whether you're pro, but increased development of 5G infrastructure is coming. And Australia is at the forefront of That's 5G. how I'm getting vaccinated, isn't it? I'm getting, my, I'm getting my, my COVID vax at the same time as my 5G. Exactly right. So, yes, yeah, so we're going to be seeing new applications and utilities using our brand new 5G network that is being rolled out at an incredibly rapid rate in Australia um, with even newer 5G technologies such as millimetre wave um, already being rolled out in areas of this country. Um, and I think uh, one of our biggest ones of this we're going to see uh, is telehealth. Um, I, I really think that in general, even just from going and seeing your GP to massive big projects, I think you'll see 5G start to take into it. Mm. I, I think with, with telehealth, a lot of the, the basic consultations can easily be done via telehealth. In half the time, when I need to get a prescription for something or whatever they want to check something out, a lot of that can be quite sufficiently done via telehealth. The, the, the big thing about 5G is that effectively you're getting um, internet, I mean, and I hate to say it, um, faster than the speeds of, of, of NBN in, in most cases. Um, and it's available everywhere. Uh, it's available everywhere you, you, you go. Now, the, the net effect of that will be that uh, essentially any device that wants to connect to the internet can, can do so at a, you know, a massive, massive increase in speed. Which means that those those devices can run anything. So we we've talked. I'm obviously video applications, um, yeah, is obviously one thing. And and but I mean, there's a whole bunch of potential applications that we maybe even haven't thought of yet. They talk about IoT, and, and IoT is a great buzzword. But in a practical sense, um, there are things that we maybe manage now uh, that could be automated thanks to 5G. Uh, so. Again, there's going to be lots of different business um, cases for that and how that's going to actually play out. But I feel like 5G is going to be a, a big game changer in, in that regard because you're just going to be able to literally offer the same speeds that you would get in your office or, or, or more um, from literally anywhere. And that will, that will mean that, like, for example, the type of, type of information you can deliver to and from a car, um, could, that's, going to be, that's going to be massive, right? And you know, if you've got a 5G network uh, across uh, the entire country, you know, who, I mean, we, we were talking about smart cars and about the types of information that go into cars. Like, you know, one of the big things I know that, you know, obviously where, you know, we operate on the New South Wales-Queensland border. I mean, I don't know about you, Sam, but I'm, I'm always checking my Google maps on my phone and stuff to go, yeah, okay, how long is the border bloody going to be today? Like, you know, how long are we going to get stuck there for? Yeah. Um, the more information that we can fill, you know, send straight to our cars and, and help them with, you know, managing traffic and things like that, or, you know, I mean, and you know, delivering entertainment probably to the passengers. Obviously, they don't want to encourage entertainment to the drivers, but to the passengers. But there's a whole bunch of things we can do. The information we can send back from cars and things like that. I mean, you know, but certainly, um, and also like uh, for um, logistics. Logistics is going to be massive. So, you know, if I'm a Woolworths or whatever, I'm going to be very, very interested in 5G because I can hook up a, you know, obviously 5G to my trucks and I can 
I can literally know to the minute exactly how long it's going to take to get stock in and and what's going to happen where and everything else like that. So and that can be huge savings in in such things as. Uh, staffing and just organizing your your business. So, and, and another thing on that is it could be also for construction. Uh, you know, if you're building a, a you know five or six million dollar building, if not even more, and there's really really big construction projects, imagine being able to just be able to pull up data instantly that normally you might have to spend an hour on the phone doing. Or- yeah, particularly like CAD stuff as well. Like, yeah. right, so you're talking working really large files. So if I'm working with a file that could be easily a, a gig in size and I want to look at these drawings, normally that's an office job or normally you've got to have all, these, all this stuff printed out. But you could actually physically be on site and you can access all that stuff quite easily. Um, and you could access it at the same speed and also work with the people in the head office at the same time. You could collaborate with them because you can work with files of that nature uh, and you can do the collaboration um, via, you know, like a, there's plenty of cloud-based CAD systems these days as well. I, you know, it, it can be really a big game changer in, in, in that regard. So it's, it's going to, it's really going to change. It's going to open it up where we're just going to have crazy fast internet no matter where we are and it's going to be available for any any situation or any case. Yeah, and, and, um, I, and, I, and I think there is another selling point with 5G is that everyone always talks about the very fast speeds, but you often don't hear much about the low latency. And that's a huge increase in, um, in low latency performances over our current technologies of 4G or even 3G or, uh, or physical uh, connections is that the low latency, especially in, say, health, you could have a surgeon in London performing brain surgery using a robot in sydney and the low latency just allows that just to work so Mm. i I think it's just one of those things where it doesn't matter what industry you're in the the difference between the high speeds and the low latency of 5g is going to be game changing and and maybe that'll be something that also come into like one of the the big challenges that um like the arts and those industries have right now like live entertainment like how can you deliver that type of stuff you know you could have set up a really awesome stage out somewhere or whatever and you know maybe you have your people that are you may be limited to like a couple hundred people or so or socially distanced but then you can still have another you know a couple hundred thousand or whatever it might be um jumping in and they can have you know near the same experience i know that live versus remote is always different particularly when it comes to music right but they can, you can have a much much more enriched experience utilizing 5g than what you would have been able to do previously in the past so you know, there's going to be a whole bunch of industries that are going to benefit from this type of thing and, and that's going to be what we're going to see more and more of, particularly in Australia as we are one of the leaders in rolling out 5G in the, across the uh, across the world. So it's something to look out for and it's going to be one of those big trends for 2021. So uh, certainly my advice to businesses would be to have a think about what potential applications 5G might have uh, for your business and how you might be able to make that work and, again, have a chat with your IT services guy or maybe uh, – someone who specializes in hardware or software like Club IT that can also help out with some of that stuff. So a uh, really interesting trend um, for 2021 and, and something to, um, to look out for. Now, we've already touched on this, but the other um, key aspect is uh, obviously the increased use of cloud computing. And again, it, it just makes sense if you don't need to, if you're having less and less people physically in the office, uh, then we can operate uh, the servers or other de, you know applications from the cloud, and they're not going to get uh, as you know a significant performance deficit because they're already operating, uh, obviously you know in a um, a remote environment. So, um, so absolutely, it's something that uh, we are going to see more of, and it's just something that 
again, the software developers, the guys who are, uh, build these solutions are, are realizing that they have to have really good cloud-based solutions because more and more people are working from home and there needs to be a seamless way to work from home. And look, there are plenty of stop gaps. And I think it needs to be a secure way, right, as well. So it's one thing to to have a solution, but that's got to be a secure solution. And if you're going to do something secure, it's going to be in the cloud. Like there's a, you know, you probably need to do significant work on your applications to sort of get them to that point. So we're going to see a continued use in that. We're going to see a lot of the, the software manufacturers in particular industries are going to develop more sophisticated cloud solutions to deal with this. And uh, that's going to be one of those big trends in 2021. You will find that ultimately, if you've got any applications now that you're having to physically uh, use on site, those, unless they've got a bit of a monopoly, like some of the some of the big software vendors just won't care. They're just like, I don't care. It's your, pro- your problem. We've got a monopoly on the industry and we're just going to keep plodding along as usual and taking our big checks. Some of them will do that, but some of them will have to and will be forced to go more heavily into cloud. So it's something we're going to see more and more of. Combine that with 5G and everything else that's going on, it's it's going to be a bit of a winner, I reckon. Yeah, I, th- I think um, cloud computing going forward uh, is something we'll probably touch on on its own separate podcast coming up soon. I think there's going to be some pros and cons to um, cloud computing and you might find there's some misconceptions about sort of the maintenance and going yeah. forward. It's not a magic ball. We should we should yeah. point that out, right? Like We shouldn't be like going, oh, just go cloud and every, all your problems are solved. And I, I think there is a, there's a massive misconception about that as a concept. And I think we could almost touch on that on its own separate podcast completely. Yes. Um, in yeah, keep tuned and you'll hear some more information. The, the, there's definitely a psychological element to cloud where because if you put it inverted commas in the cloud or at least out in someone else's server um, on you know in some data location somewhere, um, it's essentially it still is physical infrastructure. It's it's somewhere else, obviously. But I think the psychology of it, it's like out of sight, out of mind. I can't see the server, so it's it's magically somewhere else. And you know, I'm not having, I'm not seeing someone come in and, and maintain it. There's obviously still someone that if, if depending on the cloud solution that you have, there's someone still physically going in and maintaining that. And also you still need someone to physically um, keep the server operational in terms of the software side of it and the databases and all the bits, all the stuff that the patching, the antivirus, everything that goes with it, you still need to have all that in place. So it it doesn't, I mean, look, it, yeah. So look, it, it's, it's something that you will see continued trend and is something that, um, Obviously, uh, where it makes sense, I think it's definitely something to consider. But on the same note, don't get too wrapped up in the hype, and don't don't feel like oh, I just go to the cloud and all my problems are solved. Because uh, I, I've seen plenty of people uh, go um, send some services to the cloud and it's worked very well. I've seen someone send everything to the cloud, and twelve months later they send it all back because they're like, oh, we 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 you know we what's the uh, we fucked up. Um, so, uh, yep, and I don't know how many times I can say that before I've got to make it explicit or whatever on the podcast. <laughs> but, but you know, so I've seen people go to the cloud, come back. I've seen people go all on site. I've seen people do hybrid. Seen, you know, so it, it does depend on the use case. It's not a, it's not, it's not straightforward. Um, and there is obviously there are pros and cons, but it will be a continued trend. And as I think cloud solutions mature more, it'll become. I think it'll lean more towards cloud than it'll lean towards on-site in the long term. But it doesn't necessarily mean that there is no um, use case or benefit for on-site or whatever. So it's it, it's one of those things. And again, there are pros and cons, and it's not necessary for everyone, but 
uh, we will see that as a continued trend. Now, I like this one. What have you got for us, Sam? Yeah, so lastly, this one's probably more aimed at the retail market than more so than anything, but the continued increase of online shopping and contactless delivery. So I actually had to look up contactless delivery today because I've never really, I, I get it, but I've never really had contact delivery that often. There's there's not many times, I don't know about you, Ben, but there's not that many times that like the delivery driver comes and gives me a cuddle or something. But but yeah, so... so they, they barely give you the package, let alone <laughs> the cuddle half the time. So, yeah, so uh, I, mean, I mean, half the time they don't even get out of the truck. They just throw, uh, throw so the letter at the level. Looks like, yeah, sorry, sorry, we missed you. Like, yeah, okay. But this is an increase that's happening and, and it's forecast to be just absolutely massive over the next 12 months. So... Uh, the online shopping and contactless delivery is in, going to be incredibly important for e-commerce in general. And if you haven't already, look at placing some of your retail operations online. It, yeah, I, I just want to say something really interesting on this because I, I actually I, I listened to a couple of SEO podcasts as well, and they had a, one of the Google guys on there, and they were talking about how um, you know some of the trends that they've seen. And really, you know, if if you've got something that you can sell online, you should be selling it online because inevitably people are looking for that uh they're looking for it online and and google will actually give a little bit of priority to some of that stuff right um you know like if you've got a good look if you've got a good retail business like let's say it doesn't matter what it is right even if you're like a the example i think they gave was like this um place in europe uh i thought sweden or somewhere they get like really good pastries or something and like everyone raves about these pastries like how good they are and people come from all over to, to go to this pastry shop so obviously it's got lots of really good google reviews and then when COVID happened, they're like, well, you know, we're, we're stuffed. So what they did was they did, they brought online, they did, had their own delivery service and they put that on Google My Business. And again, like they've they've gone straight to the top of, of Google for that. And they're doing probably better than what they were before because they can, they're getting a, a much larger audience. Uh, and again, the convenience of it all, the innovation they've done there is, has been really good. And Google has has given a little bit of priority to some of that stuff. Or it certainly it hasn't necessarily prioritized, but it, it's it, the algorithm's adapted to that in a way, I guess, is one way of sort of phrasing it. So I guess if, if I'm a, a business in 2021, I want to really have a good serious look at what I offer and whether I can practically offer it in the form of some kind of e-commerce store because it's going to be something that uh, Google will certainly uh, index. It'll It'll like... It'll show up in Google Images, for example. So if you're typing to buy something, it'll show up in Google Images. Um, you know, if, if you've got um, YouTube videos, it'll show up there as well. But it, it is something that you will find new opportunities just by looking for what you can list online. And we know that all the majors are doing that now as well. They've got massive e-commerce stores. And and again, it's, it's something that you just you have to do. So if you don't have an online presence, you've, got to, you've really got to amp it up. And if anything you can sell online, you need to start looking at how you can deliver that uh, online. And I really thought the businesses that innovate and find ways to deliver what they would have traditionally delivered via bricks and mortar, if they can deliver that online, I thought that's going to be a, a, a big game changer. So Yeah, I think especially with this the, this new world of understanding that, you know, we're all, it's all starting to become common practice of, you know, lockdowns and border closures and things like that. So, you know, if, if you're, let's say, a business on the Gold Coast and, and you know that a lot of your customers come from northern New South Wales, but the border gets locked, well, there's a good chunk of your business gone. But if you yeah. start looking at some of these new ways of going about it, I think you may even end up better off with it. 
And there That's is right. you yeah. need to you need to be you need to have your your Palaszczuk insurance. You yeah, know, so, <laughs> exactly right. Um, and if you don't feel like you have the resources to start up an e-commerce business, I've uh, just for example, um, a lot of big ones are starting marketplaces. So if you actually head over to Bunnings website currently, you'll actually find you will find all sorts of things there sold by different people because Bunnings have now got their own marketplace on their website. So you can contact through business solutions on Bunnings website and you can sell your own products. That's really awesome. I wasn't even aware of that. Yeah, Um, and Dan Murphy's does the same. Dan Murphy's Marketplace. Really? Theirs is called Diamond something and it was like, so if you purchase it from their website. Sell a pack of sickies on there. (laughs) Not so much that. It's like, let's say a tiny brewery starts up. Uh, Market brewery. Yeah, Ah. and they don't have the the resources. So they can sell their stuff directly on the Dan Murphy's website. The payments get processed through Dan Murphy's. That's genius for Dan Murphy's, right? Exactly right. So, you know, Dan Murphy's take their cut, but you get the business through their presence in the market. So, there's all sorts of ways of going about it. And there's another thing on here, Ben, that we've got is the new buzzword of click and mortar. So, this is sort of things where- It's not something you do at the Capitol Hill in DC. I mean, if that's what you're into, you (laughs) for sure go for that. Um, You're not going to get shot, that's for sure. You you will get punched, a bit of blood, (laughs) but- uh, but, but um, yeah, you won't get shot. But this one's like, even though we unless you're black, you're, <laughs> but you're not. I know black Trump supporters. Anyway, we did. We're diverging. <laughs> yes, we are there. But yeah, let's say there isn't a border closure, but you just want to open. Oh, it you up got more. you got impeached again today as well. Did you see the oh, news? Impeached <laughs> a second time. Well, it's like that's that's a, that's I saw the like the, the Lord of I saw the um, Lord of the Rings uh, memes. It's like, uh, well, you know, what I like my first impeachment, but what about second impeachment? Like, you know, the the hobbits. Yeah. yeah. What about second impeachment? Oh, oh god, that, that's a whole nother huh? that's a whole nother podcast there. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, click and mortar. So even if your shop's open, allow people to buy online and come and pick it up. You know, that might be like a skip the queue type idea. Mm. I mean, that, that's the thing, right? Every business needs to have a USP and and for online. And like you know, the classic one is you look at Amazon, right? Amazon Prime, where they do their thing, and they're like, hey, look, you can get free shipping. It's faster and whatever. And you sign up to ask. Well, it's initially. The three day subscription's free, but the the point of it is Amazon Prime, like you know, subscription service, get faster. Like, is they're like, okay, what's the biggest pain point when I'm buying online? Well, I want it quick, so okay, let's make that a subscription service. Get shit quick as a subscription service. Great idea as a business model, and 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 so you know, if you think about it, if you think about your business, say, well, what's the what's the pain point? What what do people don't like, and how can I then deliver that through some kind of COVID safe way as as a new a new way of thinking. You know, I, I'll give you one example as well. So, um, I was up in Redcliffe uh, last week, and I have had a COVID test. I am negative. Anyway, but one of the things there was a, a buffet there. Um, I've got to find the actual name of it because it's you know it was actually really cool, and I did give them a good review. So I, I give them props. So let me just let me just find this here. So, um, so anyway, so that they were a. Um, a buffet up in up in Redcliffe. So uh, let me grab their name. Uh, oh yeah, sorry, Ari Ari Ariala Ariala. So they're called Ariala Ariala. So if you're ever up in Redcliffe, uh, it's you shout know out. shout out. So um, they they've got um, four point six stars on Google. Um, but anyway, so it's COVID, right? Like, how the hell do you do a buffet in COVID? And how how do you sustain a business? that's normally revolves around everyone being piled up together, you know, sharing plates and grabbing, you know, stuff from all the same location. Like, you know, normally that would be like a, 
like you know the super spreader COVID, per, the perfect restaurant for COVID to go wild, right? But what they've done, okay, so obviously you've got a book, so you, you book, and then you get there and you get assigned your table, and they've got like like twenty staff running around. They've got all they're all mic'd up, and you sit down. It's table service the entire time for the buffet, and like we we turned up. And we're like, oh, I don't have the kids. You know, kids might have to wait to get service. We, we can't actually. But no, sure enough, like they're like, okay, okay well, the kids kind of, we want the kids to get served. So I said, oh, the kids need some fish and chips or something. I was like, and the guy gets on the least little mic, get fish and chips, blah, blah, blah. and like, you know, literally within like 30 seconds, a buffet. Oh, look, we've got this, we've got this, we've got these nuggets, we've got these. But, you know, would you like a play of this, play of that? It's like, oh, okay. That's pretty good. Oh, it was great. And then like, and then like literally, you know, every. 30 seconds thereafter, or maybe every 30, maybe about every minute, another buffet comes along the trolley. Uh, today we have, this is the seafood buffet. We have, the, you know, here's the prawns, here's the, the grilled fish, here's the, the, I don't know, the mussels or whatever, or the oysters. And and, I, and you're like, would you like some of this? A plate of this, plate of that. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. So you don't, you know, you know, when we do a buffet, you kind of, maybe even sometimes you miss things, you don't see the whole buffet. Like the buffet comes to you. And it's and they and they give, they show you everything and go. Would you like to try this or do that? That sounds like something they do well in the United States. Oh man, it was it was it's probably bad. Like I, I probably I ate way too much. I reckon that's but, probably not bad. They're probably finding that themselves. They're oh, probably finding people eating and purchasing more that way. But it, oh, it, it, you know, it's an awesome business model. Like, and I, I was really impressed. Like, because we sat down, it was fully COVID safe, and then cocktails, right? So you get a little. A little um, little light thing, you, yeah, like a little, um, was like a mini street light, about I don't know, like forty centimeters high. You flick it on, and then they come over. The drinks guide come over. <laughs> so, I know. I wonder yeah, I, oh man, I, like I wonder I, if I can have that in my own house. Oh, like if, if you know, if I wasn't driving, I mean, they they would have got. I mean, they got they got a good money out of me anyway, but they would have got a lot more money out of me if I wasn't driving. But yeah, I mean, it just rocked like everything, like you know, like pastas and everything you could possibly think of, like. All the roasts and they just turn up the trolley. Oh, sir, we got this. And then they, then they have a special, and they did it in a way. Um, so they, they, where you seated, they, they set everyone down in a certain structure. So the, the buffet carts were super efficient. So they'd go around in a certain pathing. So the people who had just turned up obviously got served straight away. People have been sitting there for a while, whatever, you know, they, the, the carts have progressively worked their way around the room. And, it, and then when you get to the dessert one, you put a little thing over the top of your little lamp. So they know, oh, this guy's ready for the dessert cart. So the dessert <laughs> cart rocks up and it's like, okay, desserts, what would you like? We have, you know, mousse, we have the, you know, the gelato, we have the sticky date pudding, we have the, oh God, what else? Oh my God, there was, it was it's, everything. It's good to um to know that people are being creative with all this. Like they got, they've they're literally sat down and just gone, our business is screwed. What can we do to survive? Yeah. And, 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 and that's the thing, right? And I, I feel like, so, you know, if there's a way that you could deliver your business, and yeah, and I think like Australians are a pretty innovative bunch, uh, and I was blown away by this because I mean, you know, it had good reviews prior to COVID, and so obviously it was a nice buffet. And look, you could tell it would, it looked like a nice restaurant. It was decked out well. It looked didn't look like a a rundown Pizza Hut or a Sizzler or something like that. It looked very smick, um, and I can I could tell pre COVID it would have been a very popular place. But I, I you know I had to, and I don't normally give. Google reviews that often, but I, I was like, you got to give these guys props for how they've adapted and evolved their business, and you know, and the food was the quality was top notch. I haven't obviously reduced the quality of the food, uh, so you know, I was you know, and, and buffets are normally very hit and miss as well. So I was blown away, and I just thought, yeah, this is the way. Like, if so, if you're in 2021, 
okay, yeah, they say vaccines are coming soon. Vaccines are coming soon. They're talking about vaccines in Australia and, you know, late February or whatever. But that's not going to – it doesn't solve things overnight, right? You don't get 20 million people vaccinated on, you know, February 28 and then 1st of March we're all good or something. It doesn't I, work I mean, like you've that. only got to – in that sense, you've only got to look at the flu. Like we get flu vaccinations every year and there's still another one every year and a whole heap of people die from the flu every year. Like it's not something that's just going to go away because we get vaccinated. Exactly. And I, and I think that's the crux of it. I think the reality of it is we have to – this is – whether people like it or not, it is. I mean, I don't like using the term "new world order" because it sounds conspiracy theorist. Um, and I it's just I, a new way of it's, living. It's a new way of approaching things. And it, it and so as a business, we have as businesses we have to evolve. And again, it it looking at ways that you can bring your your products or your services or or you know your, your USP online uh, is going to be big. And that's, and that's, that's still going to be the trend for 2021, because if you can find a way to deliver what you do, uh, online, people are going to, people are going to take it in. I think the reality of it is everyone has accepted the fact they're totally cool now with waiting a couple of days to get their, their products, you know, via e-commerce. I think obviously there's still an interest in bricks and mortar, but people are just at the point where like, well, I'm working from home. I don't need to go in, in today. I'm happy to just order that thing online and I'll, you know, I'll get it tomorrow. That's fine. I'll get it the next day. Totally fine. And I think that's the total sense of this podcast, Ben, is that I think it's all about adaption and innovation this year in business. And I think we, everyone's going to have to be on their toes. Rules are going to be changing all the time. And it's just going to be it, – it's scary yet exciting at the same time to see what what 2021 is going to be. Well, yeah, us. I mean, that's right. You look at like – I mean, I – um, so I, w- I was looking at potentially like custom face masks and stuff, depending on how long the New South Wales stuff was going to go for, like branded face masks. And I was just amazed, you know, again, doing a bit of research, all these businesses obviously they have been up for like six months or a year now that just popped up as a result of obviously COVID and they're obviously doing very well. Um, but, you know, it, it's clear that if you, it's like anything in, you know, in business and in life and identifying the trends and, and, and you know, the good thing about this level of change is it shakes things up a bit. So if you're a you're a business and you want to grow, you know, just, just as much as this is a, a, a massive threat to business, it's also a massive opportunity for business if you can pick up on what the trends are and jump onto those uh, for the next thing. And because because people because if, if you pick up on those trends uh, within your industry, you know, and you can use technology to deliver that to uh, deliver whatever that solution might be. Uh, you you can end up being the next market leader. You can be that number one position in that industry simply because you said, well, actually, we need to change the business and do it this way because that's the only way we're going to work in, in this new environment. And you can be the number one. And so, you know, whereas if you if it had been business as usual, maybe you would have been stuck with, you know, being the, the you know, the 100th largest business in your industry or the 200th largest business in your industry and you would have never been able to get up because of the industry just wouldn't have been shaken up. So this is... The opportunity for those SMEs where things are being shaken up to, to get in and and find those opportunities and set the new trends, uh, you know, for for the new the new approach to to uh, business and IT, and so that really is twenty twenty one in a nutshell. Uh, do you have anything else before we wrap up? Or? No, I, I think we've um, we've touched on a lot of things there. A lot of innovation and a lot of change happening to happen this year, and uh, yeah, well, I think we'll. Um, It'll be nice to reflect on this podcast back uh, when we hit December when we do a, a 2021 wrap up. So that sounds good. So we'll we'll, we'll definitely uh, 
do another episode in December and uh, and we'll see where it all where it all went and how much we uh, got wrong. But I, I certainly, uh, as I said, it's quite clear that COVID isn't going away and the, a lot of these trends are here to stay and it's, uh, again, utilising uh, the technology that is coming up and also, you know, adapting and increasing your online presence, doing these types of things and, and looking for those solutions. That's where it's going to be. So... Uh, that is the first episode of the Tech Factor for 2021. I'm Ben. And I'm Sam. And we'll see you guys next time. And hopefully it'll be a lot sooner sometime in the next week or fortnight. Cheers. Thanks for now. Mm-hmm.